It is perhaps a truism that if you cut up my hard drive, audio of meetings would spill out, not unlike how Athena sprang from the forehead of Zeus. That being an illusion, the trick of this May 11, 2021 edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement is to continue the illusion that I'm able to keep you, the listener, up to date on what is happening in and around Greater Charlottesville. On today's show, planning continues for a water line to connect area reservoirs. There's lots of happenings in McIntyre Park related to trees, and the city comes up with a plan to deal with the ash tree state of emergency. In today's Patreon field shout-out from an anonymous supporter, it may seem like we just had an election, but 2021 is once again a city, county, and state election year. Party primaries are coming soon on June 8, 2021. The deadline to register to vote or update an existing registration is Monday, May 17, 2021. Visit the Virginia Department of Elections to learn more at elections.virginia.gov. The gradual trend toward fewer COVID cases in Virginia continues, with the seven-day average for percent positivity today recorded at 4.1%, and the seven-day average for new cases is at 699 today. Also dropping is the number of vaccines administered each day, with the seven-day average now at 50,633 doses a day. There have been 6.83 million doses administered in Virginia, and 35.5% of the Commonwealth's population are now fully vaccinated. This week, federal emergency authorization could come that would reduce age eligibility for the Pfizer vaccine to extend to people over the age of 12. Tonight, the Charlottesville Planning Commission will have a joint public hearing with the City Council on a rezoning on a cul-de-sac on the western edge of the Fifeville neighborhood. A property owner on Valley Road Extended seeks the rezoning and a special use permit to build four apartment units on just under two-thirds of an acre of land. The applicant is proffering $48,000 to build a portion of sidewalk and have suggested it could be part of a larger network. Here's part of the narrative. Sidewalk improvements along the new parcel frontage along Valley Road Extended may be incorporated into a more robust pedestrian and bicycle improvement network if the multi-use tunnel under the railroad right-of-way as called for in the 2015 Bike and Pedestrian Master Plan. The narrative references a map on page 38 of the plan that depicts many desired projects throughout the city. One of them is this underpass at the northern end of Valley Road Extended. However, there is no active project planned for such a tunnel at this site to occur, according to City Communications Director Brian Wheeler. In all, there is a distance of 4,500 feet where the railroad bisects the Fifeville neighborhood from the University of Virginia, where there is no pedestrian or vehicular crossing. That's between Shamrock Road and Roosevelt Brown Boulevard. The University of Virginia is also not planning for a tunnel at that location, according to its non-voting representative on the Planning Commission. After the city agreed to hand over right-of-way for the Brandon Avenue corridor, the university agreed to study such a railroad crossing and settled on a different planning concept closer to Monroe Lane and Peyton Street. However, they are not pursuing a crossing at this time, but will work with the city on an easement should the city choose to proceed. (laughs) 
One of the largest capital expenses facing any governmental entity in this community is the nine-and-a-half-mile water line that the Rivanna Water and Sewer Authority has planned. The line would connect the South Fork Rivanna Reservoir and the Ragged Mountain Reservoir. Ragged Mountain is currently fed by a pipeline from Sugar Holler Reservoir, one that is nearing a hundred years old. The new water line won't be built for several more years, but the RWSA has been acquiring the right-of-way for the project. Executive Director Bill Moyer gave his board an update on April 27, 2021. The Albemarle County School Board granted about a one-mile easement for the Ravana to Ragged Mountain Waterline project uh, this month, so that was great. In all, the RWSA has easements for about six of the nine-and-a-half miles and is in negotiations with the University of Virginia Foundation and private property owners for the rest. The RWSA has a 40-year lease with the city of Charlottesville to operate the Ragged Mountain Reservoir, which expires in 2052. There's talk already of extending that term, given the community investment in the water supply plan. So as an example, based on our current schedule, we would finish the new pipeline, let's say around 2033, and in effect, we would only have 20 years left left on the lease um, of a major water supply facility that we've just spent a lot of money to, uh, to expand and, and build the pipeline so we can fill it. The RWSA board also got an update on the health of the five reservoirs maintained by the authority. Their usable storage volume is updated every 10 years, according to Water Resources Manager Andrea Bowles. Um, we get this information from our uh, bathymetries that we do. We do bathymetries for the urban system uh, reservoirs every 10 years. One of the concerns is the presence of algae in reservoirs, which can lead to oxygen depletion that threatens aquatic life. Each of the five reservoirs has a slightly different balance, and Bowles explained how algae is managed. Beaver Creek is currently the one most prone to blooms. There were five at the Crozet Waterway in 2020 but none of them were problematic enough to require treatment. Alternate, that is the reservoir that we're going to do an alternative of hypolimnetic oxygenation to try to help with blooms. An algae bloom at Ragged Mountain Reservoir is underway and treatment was expected to begin last week. We are having um, an issue with an algae called denobrian, which is a golden algae. It's not a blue-green algae. It doesn't produce the toxins. We have that right now going on in Ragged Mountain. It is a big taste and odor producer, and we have a a threshold, and it's slightly over the threshold. The RWSA Board of Directors next meets on May 25th. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. In this subscriber-supported public service announcement, over the course of the pandemic, the Albemarle Charlottesville Historical Society has provided hours and hours of interviews, presentations, and discussions about interpretations and recollections of the past. All of this is available for you and your family and friends to watch for free on the Historical Society's YouTube channel. There's even an appearance by me talking about my work on Sevopedia. Go visit the Albemarle Charlottesville Historical Society's YouTube channel and learn a lot. And finally today, the Charlottesville Tree Commission got an update on several topics at its meeting on May 4th, 
including an update on several projects planned for Charlottesville's McIntyre Park. Peggy Van Yeris is a member of the Tree Commission. In McIntyre Park, there are three projects going on that are really uh, private-public partnerships. Van Yeris is part of one project to install a memorial grove in McIntyre Park to commemorate people who have been awarded the Charlottesville Regional Chamber of Commerce's Citizenship Award. Uh, we wanted to preserve the landmark oak trees on the top of McIntyre Park on the east side. They're wonderful trees if you haven't been up there. The other objective was just to enliven the park, uh, make it a better place for people to go and sit underneath these beautiful trees. The memorial would be a stone terrace on which the names of the past and future award winners would be displayed. There'll be a beautiful lawn, people can play, a walkway, and of course a lot more oak trees to continue the tradition. Vanieri said the grove has been added to the schematic design for the Botanical Garden of the Piedmont. That's the new name for the nonprofit that entered into a memorandum of agreement with the city of Charlottesville in 2015 to operate in the northeast section of McIntyre Park. Van Yeris said the grove will hopefully be installed by this fall. As for the garden, Jill Trishman Marks is executive director of the newly renamed organization. There was a naming contest. We had over 200 responses and selected Botanical Garden of the Piedmont because it was inclusive, it was um, precise and concise. It not only identified where the garden is located, but it also um, talked about the trees and other plants that will be highlighted in this garden. The nonprofit is now on the hook to raise funds to pay for infrastructure and to install the garden. The city of Charlottesville has dedicated the land to this project but that's where the taxpayer burden ends. All of the funds that are needed to design, construct, and maintain the garden will be pri privately raised, but once it's built, just like any other city park, the botanical garden will be free and accessible to all. Trishman Marks said the plan for the garden is to utilize native species and demonstrate the ecosystem of the area. You can weigh in on a survey they have listed on their website and share this, um, the survey with your friends, families, and neighbors, because the more feedback we get, the better this garden will be. Trishman Marks will update the Charlottesville Planning Commission at their meeting tonight. The third project is a more low-key initiative from the Charlottesville area tree stewards to plant new specimens. Later in the meeting, the Tree Commission got an update on plans to fight the emerald ash borer from the city arborist Mike Ronane. Someone ash borer is an invasive insect from Siberia, and it will be killing um, all of our untreated ash trees in Charlottesville. It's now, it seems like it's, it's um, come through other parts of Virginia, like Northern Virginia, um, and now we're really just starting to deal with, um, you know, all the dead ash trees that we're finding in Charlottesville. The goal is to protect 31 individual trees in the city, and staff and the Tree Commission have sought additional funding from city council for the purpose and to remove the dead trees. About 1-2% to 2 of trees in the city's parkland are ash trees. A draft cost estimate to remove the trees over the next five years is $480,000, and that does not cover the cost of planting replacements. The cost to annually treat those 31 trees will be $8,425 a year. Todd Brown is the city's director of Parks and Recreation. Basically, this is a state of emergency type of situation. You know, these trees are dying. They're, you know, 99% of them are going to die. And right now we've been 
hitting a, a tiny fraction of them as for every one we're doing, there's 10 more that need to be done and 10 more that die. So you, you know, we're chasing a moving target that eventually is going to stop. And eventually we are going to have to catch up to it. Brown said that presents the safety issues as more and more limbs become prone to falling. For more on the emerald ash borer, take a look at the Virginia Department of Forestry website. The agency is offering a cost share program for individual removals. And that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. I would like to personally thank, and I am personally thanking you all by email, everybody who has uh, stepped up and uh, taken the step away from the free newsletter and to actually help pay for the production of this newsletter, which I certainly appreciate, as so do all of my creditors. Uh, there's not that many, but come on. It's the modern society. We all have creditors somewhere, right? Anyway, uh, but I'd like to thank each and every one of you for deciding to do that and I really do hope that you can see that it uh, it fuels me every time somebody does that it makes me want to work that much harder uh, so I do appreciate that as you may or may not know all of those Substack subscriptions are matched by Ting you can you can find out why they are my sole commercial sponsor uh, in the newsletter uh, take a look and see what they have to say uh, and they are really helping to support my brand of local journalism which is to bring you all of these things that might have happened a week ago but you still need to know them. As I try to keep up and let you know what's coming up, there will be another newsletter, hopefully tomorrow, uh, and I am ready to go after taking a day off yesterday. I do take time off. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, stay safe. And again, thank you so much to those who are supporting this venture. Have a great day. See you next time.